All right, Wrestling with Theology fans, this is Pastor Doug Minton, and it's Thursday, so that means we are digging deeper into the Psalms this week, Psalms 27, 28, and 29, as we look to see God's great glory in the many different ways that the Psalms bring out that glory of God. Of course, Psalm 27 is a very popular one. It is one that is used many times, and at every wake that I do every visitation for the family at a funeral home because it is such a wonderful psalm of comfort in that time. Psalm 27, again, of David. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers assail me to eat up my flesh, my adversaries and foes, it is they who stumble and fall. Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war arise against me, yet I will be confident. One thing have I asked of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For he will hide me in a shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will lift me high upon a rock. And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me, and I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing and make melody to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud. Be gracious to me and answer me. You have said, Seek my face. My heart says to you, Your face, O Lord, do I seek. Hide not your face from me. Turn not your servant away in anger, O you who have been my help. Cast me not off. Forsake me not, O God of my salvation. For my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me on a level path because of my enemies. Give me not up to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me, and they breathe out violence. I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong, and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. So far, Psalm 27. And what we have here at the very beginning of this psalm, verse 1, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? This is the question, isn't it? What shall I fear? Who shall I be afraid of? Shall I be afraid of death? No, because the Lord is my light and my salvation, my stronghold. He is where I find refuge. He is where I find salvation. He is where I find heaven. And that is where David wants to be in verse 4 that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. This is the same thing he talks about in Psalm 23, verse 6. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. What are you doing when you're dwelling in the house of the Lord? You are gazing upon the beauty of the Lord and inquiring in his temple. He goes on to say that God is a safety in the day of trouble. We talk about safe spaces all the time for people now so they don't get offended. But really, the safe space is when God hides you in his shelter in the day of trouble. When he conceals you under the cover of his tent. When he lifts you up upon the rock. Because that is where you are safe. In his shelter. In his house. High upon a rock where the waters cannot reach you. When the floods try to overtake you. And then 7 to 10, God asks us to seek him. 
and to seek his face because he wants that relationship with us. He wants you to know and come to him as your heavenly father, asking for the forgiveness of your sins, receiving that word of forgiveness and that word of absolution and know that he has not cast you off. Even though everybody else in this world might forsake you, God will take you in. God will always have a place for his children. And then, of course, the verse that most everybody knows, verse 14, Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. Waiting is not our biggest strong suit. But it is, if we are strong, let our hearts take courage in the Lord so that we can wait for Him. It's a progression there. You're strong, but you're strong in the courage that He gives you. And that courage helps you to wait for Him to answer, for Him to deliver, for Him to do His work in His time. We move into Psalm 28, again of David. Simple titles and superscriptions in these. To you, O Lord, I call, my rock, do not be deaf to me, lest if you be silent to me, I become like those who go down to the pit. Hear the voice of my pleas for mercy when I cry to you for help, when I lift up my hands toward your most holy sanctuary. Do not drag me off with the wicked, with the workers of evil, who speak peace with their neighbors while evil is in their hearts. Give to them according to their work and according to the evil of their deeds. Give to them according to the work of their hands. Render them their due reward. Because they do not regard the works of the Lord or the work of his hands, he will tear them down and build them up no more. Blessed be the Lord, for he has heard the voice of my pleas for mercy. The Lord is my strength and my shield. In him my heart trusts and I am helped. My heart exults, and with my song I give thanks to him. The Lord is the strength of his people. He is the saving refuge of his anointed. O save your people and bless your heritage. Be their shepherd and carry them forever. Again, we have many things that are related to many other psalms. God being our rock, but not a rock that is deaf to our cries for mercy. Not a rock that is silent, but a rock that is living and active. Again, do not drag me off with the wicked, with the workers of evil. Blessed be the Lord, for he has heard the plea, voice of my pleas for mercy. The Lord is my strength and my shield. In him my heart trust. We've had that the last couple of psalms. And then we have the last verse of this psalm. It is also the last verse of the Te Deum in the Lutheran hymnal, Lutheran worship, and in the Lutheran service book. O save your people and bless your heritage. Be their shepherd and carry them forever. It's that great ending of the Te Deum in Matins that brings about that wonderful idea of God being our shepherd. Linking back again to Psalm 23. That it is that shepherd that saves his people and blesses his heritage. Now we move to Psalm 29 and the glory of the Lord. Superscription here is a psalm of David, not just of David, but a psalm of David. Ascribe to the Lord, O heavenly beings. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory to his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. 
The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders the Lord over many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The Lord breaks the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon to skip like a calf and Syrian like a young ox. The voice of the Lord flashes forth flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord makes the deer give birth and strips the forest bare. And in his temple all cry glory. The Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord sits enthroned as king forever. May the Lord give strength to his people. May the Lord bless his people with peace. So far Psalm 29. A great exhortation to give God the glory. As Johann Sebastian Bach would write at the end of all of his pieces, Soli Deo Gloria, to God alone be the glory. And this is what we have in verses 1 through 11. I mean, all the psalm here is all about ascribing to the Lord the glory due his name, worshiping the Lord in the splendor of holiness. And then, in the Lutheran Church, we have this psalm as the psalm of the day for the baptism of our Lord. Because we have so many baptismal references in this psalm. Like verse 3, the voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders the Lord over many waters. We have that picture of creation where God, the Holy Spirit, is hovering over the waters, Genesis 1-2. And that, that hovering over is his blessing of that water. Just like we have the water. Not blessed because of anything that we do. Blessed because it is combined with God's word and included in God's command in baptism. This is what makes the water of baptism so special. This is what makes it holy. Not you or me or the person being baptized, because if the person being baptized were holy, they wouldn't need baptism, would they? And then David gives the picture of the wrathful God that comes when people do not ascribe him the glory. And that is verses 5 through 9. Once again, the voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The Lord breaks the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon to skip like a calf and Syrian like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord flashes forth flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord makes the deer give birth and strips the forest bare. And in his temple all cry glory. The Lord, the voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. Makes Lebanon to skip like a calf and Syrian like a young wild ox. Causes things to happen. That's what the voice of the Lord does. Flashes forth flames of fire. You can think of Elijah on Mount Carmel calling down fire from heaven. You can think of the same thing with the erection of the tabernacle and the dedication of the temple. God sent down fire on the altar both times. And then also Pentecost, having just celebrated that a few weeks ago. Pentecost with the flames and the tongues of fire given to all the disciples so that they might speak to all the people in all the various languages. And again, this is very similar to what Isaiah will say in chapter 2 of his prophecy, beginning with verse 12. 
For the Lord of hosts has a day against all that is proud and lofty, against all that is lifted up, and it shall be brought low, against all the cedars of Lebanon, lofty and lifted up, and against all the oaks of Bashan, against all the lofty mountains, and against all the uplifted hills, against every high tower, and against every fortified wall, against all the ships of Tarshish, and against all the beautiful craft. And the haughtiness of man shall be humbled, and the lofty pride of men shall be brought low, and the Lord alone will be exalted in that day. And the idols shall utterly pass away, and people shall enter the caves of the rocks and the holes of the ground from before the terror of the Lord and from the splendor of his majesty when he rises to terrify the earth. That is the day of the Lord, the day where he rises to terrify the earth. And when is that day? That is Good Friday. The day where Jesus is sacrificed on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins. This is when the wrathful God comes to his creation. And what does he do? He executes his wrath upon his creation. But not against the whole creation. Against a representative. His son, in the flesh, suffering on the cross, divine and human, dying so that you and I might live. So this is why we ascribe the Lord the glory that is due his name. Because it is his name that has given us salvation. It is his name that makes us holy. It is his name of which we have been baptized into so that we might know him as our Father, Jesus as our brother, and the Holy Spirit hovering over the waters of baptism as our comforter, our advocate, as we go through this life. That's all for this week. This is Pastor Doug Minton, thanking you for digging deeper with me into the Psalms, and I encourage you to continue digging deeper as we go through the Psalms and throughout all of Scripture, so that you might be equipped to wrestle with the theology around you. Amen.